I'm Heidi. I'm Heather. And we're sisters. This is the H&H Show. Welcome back, friends. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm well. Good. Good to see you. How's your week? Um, if I'm being super honest, it's do. deeply emotional. Mm-hmm. It is tender. Uh, we were just sharing with our guest in studio that our eyes are a bit puffy. Our mm-hmm. our tears have been plentiful. Mm-hmm. We have someone close to us who is getting ready to pass from earth to mm-hmm. heaven, and yep. it's a wonderful, glorious time. But it is it's hard, deeply it's sad, emotional. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I'm sure we'll share more about that at a later in, in a, time, at a later date. Yeah, but it's you know I was thinking today about the experience of losing someone, but the joy in knowing that they have so much to look forward to just around the corner, you know, that they're going, like your daughter said, um, he's finally going to be able to see what Jesus looks like in person. Yeah. Like what a cool thing to think about to lessen the, it doesn't lessen your pain, but it, it allows you to really focus on the eternal, you know, and not the earthly. Yeah. It it wraps it in a spirit of joy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it absolutely does. So, but I think, um, the really incredible thing is that I got to preach at our church this past Sunday. And the last conversation I had with grandpa was that I was going to be preaching and I was going to dedicate it to him. And through a lot of weariness, he said, I hope people get saved. Mm -hmm. And my mom got to tell him for me that two people got saved in that church service. And so that was pretty extraordinary. Um, he has been one of my preaching mentors, one Mm -hmm. of yours as well for our entire lives. And so I would say all all that to answer your question, it's been deeply emotional, but it's also been, it has reminded me like what the goal is, right? The goal is heaven, right? You know, and, and our lives here on earth are absolutely directing us, but directing others to the hope of heaven. Yeah. And I think just reminding me to keep my eyes on the heavenly, yes. even as a young, strong, healthy woman who, you know, I mean, any of us could lose our lives at any moment, but it might, my, my going to heaven doesn't seem imminent right now. Right. And yet I, my eyes should still be on heaven. Absolutely. And as our grandpas are, you know, mm-hmm. he knows it's coming and, and his eyes are on heaven. And mm-hmm. I just was overwhelmed by that. Like, why do we get so caught up in the things of this earth um, when we have heaven yeah. to look forward to? So, yeah. so yeah, let's intro our guest. Heather. Let's do it. I am so excited about this. Yeah. This is fun. I love it when we have any guests on our show, but especially when they're young people mm-hmm. and especially when they're young men. Congrats. Heather called you young. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank Good. you for having me. This is Alex Gray. Hello. And we are newer friends. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about Alex is that he is in full-time ministry in our city, mm-hmm. and we are in full-time ministry in our city. And so we have a lot in common yeah. when it comes to serving the Lord and, and choosing that as our path in life. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, yes, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. A little about me. Okay, well, hi, I'm Alex. And uh, some people call me AG or AG3. Um, <laughs> AG three, yeah. Now that I know school. that, that's, yeah, that's good. Right, because I used to shoot the three in basketball all the time. So, oh, AG three was the ring. Yeah, that's fun. Um, and that's also where I got my Pastor Al thing. Okay. Yeah, it's a long story, but um, basketball did me well when I was younger. Okay, I'm only 25, <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah. So I am a 25 year old dude. I'm hanging out. I work uh, downtown and work with inner city kids. Love it. It's amazing. Um, it's a brand new thing for me as well. And so uh, just learning all of that. But born and raised in Peoria my entire life. Uh, went to Richwoods High School. That was, you know, I bleed green, basically. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, I love it. And I'm a city guy. Love love Peoria. Love what it has to offer. And, um, you know, couldn't imagine myself anywhere else at this point. And just kind of digging my roots deep here as I can and see yeah. where God leads at that point. Yeah. Um. So... You have a shirt that a friend of yours designed. Oh. That can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I have a, I have a shirt called "Planted in Peoria." It's not mm. my shirt, but a friend of mine uh, made it because um, she was. It's funny. She was raising money to leave Peoria <laughs> using the shirt "Planted in Peoria." But um, I have one. My dad has one. We love the design. Basically, the planted part, the T, is like it looks like a cross. Yeah. And then it has roots going down. Yeah. 
Um, so it really kind of communicates, you know, that you're planted here and impure it. I, I love it. I still think we should figure out how to get some more of those. I and start yes. a start a trend here. I was in contact with the person actually recently, and so okay, I will try and maybe. Okay, it's on your it's on your checklist. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, awesome. It's on our radar. Mm-hmm. We will not let you forget. All right, please don't let me forget. It's now in podcast world. Yeah, it is. So now I'm accountable to everyone. Yes, you are. <laughs> right. So one of the things I love about having young people, especially young men on our show, is that there are so few young men who actually step out and speak boldly about their faith mm-hmm. and their struggles in life and the great things in life. And so I'm just really excited that you're going to be a, a voice that's, we've had, we have men on this show and mm. we've had young men on this show, but not as frequently as we have sure. women on the show, more because men just have a harder time being willing to say like, yes, here, let me bear my soul to all yeah, of you. Yeah, dude, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, but I'm really excited because I think that all voices, all ages, um, both genders, male and female mm-hmm. should, should share their stories and share their voices and have a place to do that. Yeah. So let's dig into your story a little bit. Okay. Okay. I want to hear, I've, I've met your mom and dad. They're mm-hmm. awesome people. Yeah. They're awesome. They're lovely. I maybe have laughed the hardest I've ever laughed in the last <laughs> month or so, um, when we asked them, <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone asked them, what do they, how long have they been married? They've been married for like 36 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And someone asked them, what do you do together to have fun? Right. And for whatever reason, you just died. Yeah. Cause I wanted to know. I think <laughs> yeah. I said, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the older I've gotten, I've spent less time with them. Obviously just cause I live on my own. Yeah. I also lived in Australia. And so I was away from them for a while. And so part of me is like, well, they were empty nesters at that point. Right. So what were they up to? Right. So I, part of it was funny that the question was asked. The other part was like, I actually genuinely wanted to know. Be real. Part of you did not want to know. But part of me did not want to know. That's why I thought it was funny because they both just looked at each other and smiled. And I was like, I don't even want to think. So. Your laugh was, was a laugh that was nervous and like hysterical at the same time. It was yeah. Pretty awesome. That's yeah. really great. Yeah. So great. your parents are lovely people. Mm-hmm. I really like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what growing up was like for you. Yeah. Growing up um, was, it was fun. It was interesting. Um, so my parents were really plugged into a church uh, locally here for, before I was born. Um, and so I was kind of raised up in a Christian household. Um, I have a 11 year older brother. I should say he's 11 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Adam. He's awesome. And so I grew up with one brother and in a Christian household. Uh, however, I didn't, like, we went to church and all that stuff, but it wasn't really, like, as ingrained maybe in us as it was. My parents kind of grew up in, like, two different sorts of, like, religious households mm-hmm. and everything. Like, cards were bad. Dancing was bad, right. you know? Um, money is bad. Like <laughs> yeah. all the old school mm-hmm. stuff, like KJV only, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, do people not know how vile King James was? Right. Like I, ab- I actually want to know this. I don't think so. I don't think they do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's a whole, that's like a whole history lesson, right? <laughs> um, so yeah. So I kind of grew up around that sort of thinking, um, which when you're young, you don't really even think about it. You're just kind of living your life. I played a lot of basketball. My brother um, was always in sports as well. He played tennis um, and cross country. I did basketball and track and soccer and all types of random stuff growing up. So we were always like busy going to travel practice or school's practice or whatever. And then you have homework and then I'm trying to build my friendships and all that stuff. And so, and that was back in the day we actually went outside to right. play. Right. Yeah. Like it was streetlights come on that's when you're coming home, yeah. you know, or mom yells out the front door, screams my name, where are you at? You know, we got dinner, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, I grew up very much so outside riding my bike and skinning my knees up and all that stuff, um, eating dirt, you know, <laughs> and just throwing things at people. I loved throwing things um, at innocent bystanders. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically growing up, um, it was an interesting journey. My dad has worked at the same company for my entire life, um, downtown. And so he, he's like the breadwinner essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't see him as much as I did with my mom. She worked part-time at church. And so I kind of grew up in this dichotomy of like, my dad wasn't around as much. And then when my mom was home, 
it was a lot of church drama or church. I, I see her coming home like exhausted, tired. I see my dad coming home exhausted, tired. And so I'm kind of like growing up in this like, oh man, like work must suck, you know. <laughs> and so uh, I always was kind of more of the creative type, daydreamer. Um, and I think the older I got in school, the more in trouble I got because of that, just because I wanted to have more social interaction, more... A little free spirit. M- much more free <laughs> yeah. spirit, you know. My brother is kind of more like my dad, who, you know, everything has to be in a row, ducks in order, right? Yeah. Um, and my mom and I are like more creative and, wow, look at those colors. They go really well together or that's fun. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> just grew up living the dream, I guess. And um, when I moved... Uh, Basically, when I got to high school, it's kind of when I, my faith started to really hold and attach itself to me, um, and Jesus really caught me, which is a whole, I'm sure we'll get into that at some point, but um, moved away to Australia and really started to grow big time there, and that kind of changed my life. So essentially from birth till I was 18, it was a um, kind of my parents' faith, um, my parents' way of viewing the world, and mm. uh, mind you, my brother was 11 years older, so he was in the Air Force mm, yeah. since 03. And so from 03 to 14, I was an only child, essentially. Yeah. Wow. So um, that comes with its own challenges and benefits as well when it comes to Christmas time, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So let's talk about your journey to finding Jesus for yourself, mm-hmm. not just growing up in a family. Mm-hmm. Talk to us what that was like and then where that led you. Yep. So um, I got saved Easter Sunday of 09, I think. Um, that was like my transition from eighth grade to freshman year. And on that day, I got saved, got baptized. My whole family was there. And so, like, my whole family knew I was a Christian, like, kid. You know, there's, you know, mm-hmm. I just grew up in the, in the faith, right? So, therefore, mm-hmm. why is my son, why is my, my nephew walking down the aisle? Wow, oh, come you know? on. And yeah. so, um, I had to, like, go past them all, too, through the row, because I was in the middle wow. of the pews. And so, I had to walk past them all. My heart was beating. I felt like I had to go down there. And... Um, got saved, and then got baptized that same day. They had, everyone was like, oh my gosh, crying, and wow. And then from that moment, I didn't know what to do. Like, my mm-hmm. parents didn't know what to do with it. It was like, great, this is awesome. Yay, you know? And I think in their own journey, like, they were figuring out their own faith, right? Um, growing up, like I said, with the religious background, it was just kind of like, okay, like, he's done the due diligence. Mm-hmm. They're like... There really wasn't much discipleship for me when I was that young. Yeah, interesting. Um, I had like a kid's Bible, but I didn't know how to read it. It was ginormous. It looked boring, you know? So mm-hmm. I was like, I, what do I do with this, right? Yeah. However, um, praise God for the Holy Spirit, you know, that he indwelled himself in me, sealed me on that day. Yeah. And so um, as I got into high school, that's when everything kind of went downhill for me while mm-hmm. also being convicted the entire time. Um, so freshman year started playing basketball again and that comes with a whole different crowd mm-hmm. you have the party scene the drug scene everyone's doing something right everyone's trying to prove themselves and be popular and all that stuff um mm-hmm. i always was like the class clown like i said so that was kind of my rise to fame essentially was just being as funny as i possibly could without getting in trouble or getting caught which <laughs> didn't really work out and uh so freshman year sophomore year um into like half of my junior year was kind of like maybe the worst years for me um, in that, in high school, um, I was kind of always, I knew, I believed in God. I knew that I was saved, but it was like in the moment, all these other things seemed more attractive. It was real back burner. Yeah. 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 Super, you know, back burners just backsliding, didn't really care. Um, I put my parents in the dark a lot, you know, and Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, I was a great liar. And so, uh, Mm. I could just, oh yeah, we were having fun. We were just chilling, like no big deal. Mm. Um, all good. And so uh, that, in the meantime, during all that, I would feel terrible about everything I was doing because mm-hmm. it was like the Holy Spirit was like, um, hi, you know, <laughs> I am here as well. Yeah. Um, and this is grieving me. This hurts me. He's like, don't drag me into this. Right. Yeah. Don't drag me into that. And I didn't even understand really the Holy Spirit at all. Wow. Right. I just always was like, why do I feel bad or guilty or why do I feel shame or Hmm. you know not that he's bringing shame on me but I felt my own shame and then it was like well I know this is bad I know like my heart would beat every time like right before I do something stupid and I'm like I shouldn't be doing this isn't me but 
I'm trying to prove myself to high schoolers. And wow. I look back at it now and I'm like, I look at high schoolers now and I'm like, y'all are so goofy and young and, and whatever. But, um, yeah. so then my junior year, um, I had just, uh, gotten broken up with by a girl. So I got rejected <laughs> and as a 17 year old male, you know, that's the end of the world, yeah. right? Nothing could ever be worse than that. And, uh, I could really sense myself being like, man, I, I feel like all the things that I've swept under the rug, I just tripped over. And that was kind of like the tipping point for me. Mm. And so um, that night, I like, that. this was January 23rd, 2013. So it was like a January. As I just said that, January 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, 27th, sorry. Getting my dates inaccurate. Anyways, Googled a, uh, or like YouTube the video of like some preacher that I had known growing up. And like, Halfway through his thing, I was like, okay, I had to Google a salvation prayer or something because I don't know what's going on with me. I just mm-hmm. want to like, my heart was so heavy. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I had, God had disowned me because of how much crap that I'd been involved in, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So halfway through like Googling and reading this thing, I just like put it down, started crying and kind of like gave it all back to God. And it was like this peace and freedom that came mm-hmm. over me in that moment. Um it was the most beautiful thing. It was like three in the morning, Wow. you know, by myself. And, um, I have never felt so forgiven and loved and encouraged. Wow. Um, my eyes were, like you said, swollen, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, it was like those like ugly cries, yeah. which yeah. feels so good. Yeah. Um, cause like all that weight was coming off my shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, then that morning I woke up at the time I was working at monkey Joe's here in, in town. Aww. And so, um, I had to work that morning, so I called in sick and said I had food poisoning <laughs> because, like, I just was like so emotionally drained. I did not want to go in. You're like, work. the Lord forgave me. Let me lie. Right. That's literally what I said. I was like, I, I, the moment I get forgiven, I lie. Um, and I, I go out there and tell my parents, and I was like, hey, I think I just like encountered God last night, and they were like, they were sitting on a couch watching football, and they were like, oh, cool. Mm. Having done that before, and I was like. I mean, I guess, but not like that, you know. Yeah. By the way, I called off work, you know, and my yeah. dad was like, what? Um, <laughs> so then from that night was Winter Jam, um, and I went with my uh, some friends that I had known that were kind of involved with church, and so went there, and from that night on, it was like, wow, look at all these people worshiping God, and I want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't know what that looks like, and um, that really kind of was the catalyst to me being like, this is a whole other world that I don't even know about. Wow. And I, I was raised in it, but I had no clue that like, why are people lifting their hands? Why like this music is so awesome. And why do I feel so encouraged and peaceful? And hmm. my friends are lifting their hands and worshiping and crying or praying for each other. And I'm like, well, shoot, what have I been doing? You know? Yeah. So, um, it was, that's kind of really when it started for me. So your eyes were literally just opened. Mm-hmm. Wow. 100% opened. Had no clue what was going on really. And then God was like, pulled back the curtain, I guess, on my life. I love that you had that you were by yourself and you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I think so often we wait for the church or a leader or a pastor or right. something that feels big and dramatic. And, mm-hmm. and truly, an encounter with the Holy Spirit is all you need. Right. And I didn't know anything. I mean... It was literally a broken and contrite spirit and a heart, right? And that was, I didn't know any prayers, right? Like, that's why I was Googling stuff, because I was like, what I'm feeling right now, I don't know what to do with. So I just, all I knew, because I'd grown up in in church, I knew that I had to reach out to God, but my emotions were so overwhelming. It was just like, well, God, here I am. Here's all of me and my crap. Take me as I am, and I'm sorry for X, Y, and Z. And, uh. And that was really a big teaching moment for me moving forward. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I had to play some religious game or mm. say the right things or do the right things or um, get all my ducks in a row first before I come to God. It was like, no, you can go right to him in the midst of your pain and, and shame and guilt and whatever. Yeah. And he's going to be right there. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that really shaped a lot of how I viewed God and how I got in the word and et cetera moving forward. So. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you this. Did you hear all of those answers in church and in youth groups or whatever you were part of and just not really hear it? Or what did that look like? 
Yeah. So like I, yeah. So I'd grow, I'd like grew up going to all the like little, you know, the kids classes and, yeah. um, all that stuff. But I genuinely never listened. Like mm, okay. I was more, I was in the back literally break dancing or mm-hmm. messing around with my friends. Like, so like I knew I had heard about that stuff, but even when like you're a little kid, you're not always taught about that specifically. It's more right. like the stories right. of the Bible, right? Right. And so, like, I guess I knew the stories, all mm-hmm. the big, you know, what's been put in the movies and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. the actual, like, nitty gritty of turning to God in the midst of your pain or whatever. Because when you're a child mm-hmm. growing up, um, at least from what I've experienced, you know, is like they're not teaching that per mm-hmm. se. Yeah. Like, because they're not expecting kids to be going through that. Sure. Right. And so it's like, well, that's out of sight and out of mind for them. So surely they're not going through that. Hmm. Um, which translated to then when I started being in ministry, it was like, well, no, I know what I was doing at, in eighth grade, yeah. freshman year. And I guarantee you now in this generation, yes, the kids are even in worse. Yes. And so I preached from that. I passed it from that um, mindset and, yeah. and experience. Yeah. Wow. So I just read an article about an 11-year-old who laid himself down in front of cars to be hit by cars because he was so wow. tired of being lonely and isolated because wow. of his school being closed for almost a year. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, for us to think, for the church to think that our kids, our five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year olds, right, don't need to know that the Holy Spirit can rescue them, right, is such a miss. Right. Like we have to engage with that and teach them, like n- not water it down, mm-hmm. not just tell them the stories, but actually teach them the tools that they have. Right. Because now more than ever, they're desperate. They're desperate. Right. Yeah. Desperate for help. Right. He's the same Holy Spirit that That's we right. have. Right. Yeah. You know, there's no levels. No. No so. junior Holy Spirit. No junior Holy Spirit. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No. Okay. So then is that what really um, made you want to go into full-time ministry? Was kind of that awakening and that experience that, hey, God God wants me anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, some time went on. I got plugged in, uh, started coming back to church like on my own accord and um my own volition and so i started getting involved in like a small group with some guys that i'm still friends with now um we've always you know been close and i think just through it was probably like a six to eight month period in high school from my junior year into my senior year where i was just like the creepy on fire kid right (laughs) that i literally had shoes made that said jesus freak on them when he turned them like sideways yeah And um, I was always lugging my huge Bible around to class and getting made fun of for that, <laughs> right? On. And we started like a prayer morning thing, at, you know, on Wednesday mornings. And um, there were like 30 kids coming to that. And I think for me, it was just out of my natural like desire and my, my gifts and skill sets that I was just like, I just am passionate about it, love Jesus, and I want other people to experience what I experienced. Yeah. And so I would just talk about it to people. Like it wasn't anything crazy. Um, I didn't really understand evangelism. Again, it was like, all this was just me reading the Bible, my own self. Like Mm -hmm. no one was really teaching me. Like I went to the youth group and stuff, but a lot of that is fun and games and there's little teachings here and there. But, um, I just was like, yeah, this is what I've experienced. You can experience too. (laughs) Um, and so there was a night I remember specifically, I was on my bed with my journal out and I felt like God spoke to me and said, like, I want you to pastor people. And it wasn't like, I want you to go into full-time ministry specifically or become a pastor. It was just yeah. pastor people, Yeah. which to my limited understanding in that moment, it was, well, that's what, that's my job, right? Mm-hmm. I should right. have a job that title yeah. is pastor. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I then want to give my life to this and um, I want to do that, God. So just open the doors for me. And so long story short, um, great friend of mine, he went to Hillsong International Leadership College, which I didn't even know existed. All I knew Hillsong was for like music. Mm-hmm. Um, when I found out they had a college, it was like, great. I want to go there because they have a pastoral stream and um, my grades are terrible because I was a, you know, a, a goofball throughout high school. And so <laughs> I was more concerned about, will they accept me? And when I found out they're a vocational college, it was like, they're not even looking at my ACT scores, nothing like that. They're more looking at my heart, my story, my yeah, yeah. experience, and like if pastors actually vouched for me. <laughs> and so, um, and that's that's kind of when it really was like, I want to pursue this as far as I can. Yeah. Um, and that was it's an amazing journey at that point. So. Wow. Tell yeah. us about being there in Australia. Amazing. 
I recommend it. 10 out of 10 would recommend going to Australia in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, basically, uh, before that happened, I wrecked my car two days before. I was buying shoes. um, And (laughs) uh, yeah, guilty as charged. Buying shoes. I rear-ended this lady on accident. And I was so like, oh my gosh, you know, I love cars. Basically broke my car two days before I had to leave. So I couldn't fix it. Couldn't do anything about it. So I left that behind. That was sad. I had to leave it behind. I can't take a car across the, the sea anyway. <laughs> right. Um, but the biggest thing was like my dad was really concerned because he grew up in the classical way of thinking. Like you go to college, you get a degree, you get a job. Where I was going, it's non-accredited. It was not recognized in America at that time, mm-hmm. which is funny because Hillsong is ginormous. And it's like, why don't people recognize this? Mm-hmm. Well, I get in there. um, most amazing culture ever, all about leadership and people and service and all that stuff. Um, and there were thousands of kids just like me who were just as passionate and, you know, from all different, literally nations, like yeah. tribes and tongues and everything. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I roomed with people from South America, people mm-hmm. from Korea, people from Germany and England and America and all types of places. Can, uh, um, I always say Canada, but it's Canada. <laughs> Because they're Canadian, yes, Canada. Yes, um, And so it was just a beautiful experience to like see a lot of culture shock, mm-hmm. right? A lot of learning like people's, how they experience God is different than how I experienced God. Mm. How I grew up in the church was different than how they grew up in the church. And so, and then even with all the theological courses and stuff that we were um, taking in, the first year was really relearning everything. Hmm. It was like unlearning my how I grew up, unlearning, all that stuff, um, which some people would be like, well, you're being indoctrinated. And it's like, no, they would give us information and, and we have a choice to be like, oh, okay, well, I see that in scripture. I believe that's what God's doing. Or, Interesting. You know? Yeah. So there were never any like viewpoints pushed on us. It was always like, here's information, study for yourself, get to know God for yourself and, um, and what his word is saying about it. And so then the second year was kind of like, now that I've, almost had like a fresh slate of owning my own faith. Um, It was like, okay, what do I believe about this and not what my parents believed about it or what other people think about it? It's like, what do I actually think? Because I was living on my own, essentially. Um, My parents are 9,000 miles away, so there was no one to really like hang on other than the friends that I had made there. Yeah. Which they're all going through the same process too. Right. Yeah. Um, And the, the best part, I think, about it was living with the guys. I had like seven other guys in the house. And so they're all trying to enact and do what they're learning to everyone else, you know, pastor. So this is a bunch of like <laughs> messy relationships and oh, um, trial and error, trial and error, figuring everything out together. Yeah, I love it. And uh, we all, I mean, we grew closer as a, as a result of that. And now, you know, I still talk to them probably all the time. That's I mean, so cool. at least every week we're connecting um, with my housemates at least and the other people that, you know, so I've had great connections through it and. A lot of crazy things have happened since then with those specific people that I've gotten involved in and stuff like that. So it's just cool to see how that really changed me yeah. as a person. It makes me think of the disciples. I was and like just going to say that. You know, the, yeah. the stripping away of everything that they had ever learned and been taught from their Hebrew background. Right. And then Jesus is like, hey, come follow me. And you you got to know that like they had, there had to be a lot of undoing right. for them to, I mean, we can see it in scripture, for them to just be like, oh, Mm-hmm. This is a new this is a new way of thinking. And then even just as they, you know, become the apostles and are taking the message all over the world, there it had to have been super messy. Yeah. So messy. Because they had never done it before either. Right. You know, and here they are trying to I'm yeah. sure there's competition and there was debate. Right. And, no, Jesus meant this, no, Jesus meant that. Like right. I love that you said that because it's instantly what, what it made me think of. And it made me think of how we're supposed to grow. Mm-hmm. That iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that kind of, it's messy. And we don't want ministry or relationships to be messy. And as soon as they get messy, we're like, oh, I don't right. know, back away. Like right. maybe we're not supposed to be together anymore. But I think that's mm-hmm. so good because that's how we actually grow. Right. From one another and from walking through the messiness together. Most mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be who I am today without the messiness. Yeah. For sure. Um, you know, it's the typical, God turns your mess into a message, right? Uh. But um, <laughs> like, I mean, it's true. Yeah. He works through all that, yeah. the the junk, you know, and yeah. it's like, so we, we had a term at college called sandpaper brother and sister, where 
there were some people who you like you had to love but you didn't really like them and they were probably the best thing for you because they would help you grow they saw things differently and so there was a guy in my house who i love him now i love him that i don't get to be around him all the time um (laughs) but we're like really great friends and um but we always had the exact opposite view on every single thing Hmm. and like to the point where he bought his own dish set like his own he didn't want no one touching anything you know he didn't trust anybody and um but he made me better he sharpened me yeah you know and that's like that sandpaper he was rubbing all the the rough edges of my life away and probably me to him as well yeah yeah and so um i i love it i love it and now i think that's taught me now living on my own or like being in full-time ministry or whoever I'm working with, like you can have differing opinions and still love someone. You can still encourage them, be with them and, um, and do life with them and work in ministry together, even though you might disagree on certain things. Yes. Um, and even if it's theological stuff or whatever, like you, at the end of the day, you both love Jesus. Right. You're both serving the same people, loving people. And there's really no competition in the kingdom. That's right. And so, and so, um, it's always encouraging to me. It's like, and that's why I'm always confused. Like, why are people arguing on Facebook? Like, right. You're both going towards the same goal. Yes. yes. Um, so let's keep the, the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And, and totally. look past each other's faults. Because Jesus looked past mine. Yes. And so I would pursued hope I could you do the anyway. same. And yeah. pursued me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Loved me, forgave me anyway. So I want to do the same to those. I love that you're talking about that, Alex. I think that's yeah. the most important conversation in culture right now mm-hmm. is that we can disagree and still love each other. Right. You know, I think that that is so valuable and I hope that the listeners heard that. Mm-hmm. And if you need to rewind it and re-listen to what he just said, because that's for every yeah. single age group. Well, yeah. and every single person. We're not just talking about people who are in ministry. This, no. this goes for anyone. You know, Human I, beings. <laughs> when I think about relationships all across my life and then, yeah. you know, people that are walking away from each other because they disagree on whether or not you should wear masks. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Right. Like, let's get over the petty disagreements yeah. and right. go, it's okay that you have one opinion and I have another. Right. We're still united because of the blood of Jesus. Right. Right. And we sh- we need to stop letting petty things mm-hmm. be these major... I mean, the, it's, Wedges, the devil yeah. is just like, ha ha, right. gotcha, right. over stupid things. Yeah. We're destroying ourselves from within. It's so like, true. The enemy doesn't have to do anything. They're yeah. like, well, they'll just be petty the whole time and... Yep. Rip each other apart and I'm yep. going to do nothing. You They're going to handle my work for me. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's like, guys, come on. Yeah. Come well, on. Let's, let's be bigger than that. Let's, right. Let's move on. Right. Okay. So you're in Australia. Mm-hmm. You transition back to the States. Mm-hmm. And then what? Yeah. So um, I did not want to leave Australia, but I had to. And so um, I basically, basically I had some heart things in my life that the Holy Spirit was trying to get me to deal with. And... The first year I put it off because I was like, no. And a lot of it had to deal with what I was going through in high school. Mm. A lot of wounds and and even probably further back before high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these things. But as I was at Hillsong, what I was learning was like, I need to be healthy, right? And grow in my heart um, and my relationship with God. And so the first year I put it off. Second year, I was like, okay, I don't care what I do. I just want to be whole and healthy yeah. in my heart. And so um, I talked to this guy and he basically was like, all right, well, we're going to put a pause on college right now. We're not saying we don't want you. We just want you to be healthy. And so we'll, we'll provide a counselor or something like that. So you can either get counseled here or you can get counseled back in America. And so much cheaper to get counseled back in America. <laughs> and um, so that's what my parents and I decided really, because okay. you know they were helping me fund that operation. Praise God. Sure. <laughs> and so um, my parents will be listening to this, by the way. So thank you guys. Thank you. Um, <laughs> love you. But yeah, so I come back to America and it was almost like everything flipped on me. It was like, okay, I was just honest and open about all these things I'm going through. And now it feels like I've been punished for it. Mm. Now I'm working 4 a.m. shifts at PetSmart. It's the only thing that was hiring at the time. And, yeah. you know, I was like, I'm supposed to be called to ministry. And I'm, I'm stocking dog bags on shelves at 4 in the morning. Oh, like, wow. yeah. I'm waking up the snakes in the place. Like, um, <laughs> it was terrible. I hated it. Uh, and then, <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. And that was, that oh was gosh, another situation. So funny. You know, I came back to church, to my home church, um, that I'd basically not seen for two years. And so that was the whole, everyone was like, oh my gosh, you know, you're really cool. Cause you went to Hillsong. I'm like, no, I'm just a normal person. Like stop treating me weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting counseled as well and being open and transparent about all that stuff. Um, and then working odd jobs post PetSmart worked at H and M and then, uh, worked at like a 
mortar, brick and mortar, like shoe store downtown. And, um, a lot of it was kind of figuring out like, wow, like being open and honest and getting healed almost hurts sometimes. It's yeah. like going through a lot of pain to like deal with pain because yeah. it's bringing up all the past stuff. And, um, so allowing God to do a lot of work from probably 2016 to like probably up till late 2017, 2018. Um, and so in the meantime, uh, I was just, I would always be at, at church, just hanging out with my friends or being with the youth ministry or whatever. And, uh, so then I got, this lady was like, um, Alex, you're always here. Why don't you just start serving in the youth <laughs> ministry? And I was like, that's a good point. Um, cause what I would do is I would show up cause my best friend worked there. And so I would just be with him all the time, but he's got a job to do and I'm distracting. And then I'd leave right before the youth ministry started. And she was like, why don't you just stay and serve? You're already here. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. So then I started serving um, in, you know, 2017-ish. And then I got uh, asked to be an intern, got a lot more involved there and, um, you know, leading small groups or putting together little things here and there with um, whatever my boss at the time told me to do. Um, I still had to have odd jobs, whatever, cause internships don't always pay. Right. And so, um, then it, it, long story short, it morphed into being asked to be part-time, um, filling that role as kind of like a, I wasn't necessarily like a youth pastor, but it was like the youth guy or whatever. I never really knew what I called myself. It was just like, here's a position. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working with kids all the time. And so did that, was living at home, just trying to save money and, um, side note, that was hard because I'm a car guy and I bought cars left and right and did stuff to my cars and that's a whole other thing. So <laughs> lost a lot of money there. But uh, then I got hired full-time in 2020 um, to basically be the youth guy um, and was leading that for, you know, obviously from that time on. And then that's a whole other story. So, yeah. 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 So wow. did you, okay, a couple things. I want to go back yeah, to please. counseling. Yes. Because there's a still in the church today. I think we're getting better with it. Yep. But with Christians, there's this this stigma that counseling is like the worst case scenario and you must be a horrible person and have done horrible things if you need counseling. Mm-hmm. I love that you said you came home, you were in counseling. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing a little bit about mm-hmm. what that process looked like for you and mm-hmm. why you were willing to, to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and in addition, why you think it's so valuable for people? Definitely. So... Yeah, I grew up kind of with the mindset like, oh man, if I if I get counseling, people are gonna think I am crazy. Yeah, you know, or yeah. less than. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. in the church, it's like, yeah. what's wrong need, with him? What's wrong with him? Yeah. If you need help, then something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's like totally the opposite. Like really, the strong are the people that recognize I need help and I can't do it by myself. Yes. Yeah. Um, AKA why we need Jesus. Yes. So. Um, yeah. So counseling for me was the first couple months. It was me trying to like put down my mask with my counselor and like it took a little bit to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was like, I don't know, can I trust this guy? This is some random dude I've never met. Um, but over time it was like stripping back all the layers, all the wounds, all the, the hurts in my life, the things that I didn't realize were affecting me. Sure. And, um, you know, I would, I was kind of keeping it quiet with like some of my acquaintances, but like close friends knew about it. So they're praying for me. My parents knew about it, obviously. And, um, I felt even kind of less than for a little bit. Cause I, my mindset was still like, oh man, I must be less than cause I need, I needed counseling and that person didn't, you know, look at them. The other lie that was setting in was, um, well, you were, you were honest about something and you got kicked out of college. Mm-hmm. So now with the counselor, you should not be honest for fear of worse happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, so I had to deal with all that. Um, that, that happened for like a year. I counseled this with this guy for a year. Um, excuse me. And basically after the first six months is when it really started to like, I was like, oh man, I actually have to be real or else, you know, God doesn't heal what you won't reveal. Right. Tweet that. And, um, (laughs) and so I was like, fine, you know what? I would rather be whole and healthy and never be in ministry again. Um, for fear of whatever, like, okay. I don't, I just like, I don't care. I just had to come to my end of myself at the end of my rope. Right. And be like, all right, I'd rather be whole and healthy and at peace in my own heart and like live the dream in my Toyota or Honda. <laughs> with your cool shoes on. Yeah, with my dope shoes on <laughs> rather than like be crying in my Ferrari, right? Or like my dream job, 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people are afraid to lose something mm. because they're like, well, if I'm open and honest about something or if I get counseling about this or whatever, then I'm going to lose so much or people will look at me a different way. And I, you just have to come to the end of yourself and be like, who cares? No, like I would rather be free yeah. than mm-hmm. be bound up for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's just so painful being bound. Like it's, it's more hurtful being bound. So yeah. the pain, short-term pain of being open and honest is real. Um, but then the long-term benefits of it is like complete freedom. And I've gotten counseled again from other stuff. Cause it's like, I, it almost came like an addiction. It was like a great addiction. It was like, wow, someone else has different thoughts about this. I want to go talk to them about it and mm-hmm. get counseled. And, um, you know, the Bible says that we, we win a war with many counselors. And so yes. you can't expect to win the war within alone, especially yes. if you're only keeping it by yourself. Come on, so Because sometimes else. the enemy's greatest weapon against you is silence. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, just keep struggling. You know, don't talk to God about it. Don't. Or you can talk to God about it, but no one else. Right? Yes. Because God will just continue to forgive you. And But... James tells us the laying on of hands from the elders, right? When yes. we confess to each other, yeah. brings healing. Yeah. And uh, it's not just the confessing our sin to God, but also the confessing to others as well. Yeah, so good. And so um, it's a huge benefit. And even more recently, um, I was like, man, I, I'm ready for round three, you know, mm-hmm. because I, there's, there's always, we're never, we're, I'm an unfinished product at yeah. the end of the day. And many people are, um, we're all broken. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah. we need help. Yeah. And so whether that's a, you know, a pastor or a Christian counselor or somebody like that. I mean, it really changed my life hmm. being able to be open and honest. And now the lie changed. It, it came to a, you know, a true statement like, no, I actually need help. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be open and honest about it because if I don't, then I'll be just entrapped in the enemy's schemes the rest of my life. And I don't want that. You know, I don't want hmm. my kids going through what I went through or bound by the same things I was bound by, you know. So yeah. wow. that's kind of where I'm at. And I, if you're listening, it's important. Go to counseling. Love yeah. you. Man, that's so good. And I also love, love, love that you have figured that out at an early age, mm-hmm. that you've been able, because I know so many people that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that haven't gotten there yet. And they're right. still hanging on to the same garbage from years, decades ago. Right. And and because they just can't quite let go, let mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. You know, what is pride or fear mm-hmm. of man or whatever mm-hmm. it might be that's keeping them from holding it in. So mm-hmm. I think someone listening needs to hear that. Like, go. Yeah. Like, I love what you said about, you know, the war is won with a multitude of counselors. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. We need each other. Yeah. And and we need people too that have uh, the the professional training, both mm-hmm. from a from, from a psychological standpoint, but also from a biblical standpoint to right. help us process. And I love that you said different perspectives because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we get so caught up in our own perspective in mm-hmm. our own head right. that we're believing things that really aren't even truth. Right. They're just perceived truth to us right. because we've believed them for, for so long. Right. Or because I've experienced this, yes. then it must be true. And yes. it's like, just, okay, we have to kind of get away from that. Because my thing was, well, I've experienced it, so it must be true. And now, if when I read the words, like, well, that's contrary to what I've experienced <laughs> or what I've believed that are like different lies. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now what do I have to choose to believe? My own, what I experienced or the hurt that I experienced or the pain that I received from somebody or something or some event or some trauma or what the word of God says about it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is I, because I'm young, you know, I'm still kind of hardheaded. Um, and uh, when I was going through counseling, I was like, I thought I knew everything. You know, I just gone through leadership college. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I know all of these things about counseling and leadership and psychology and blah, blah, blah. But when I got with someone who actually like spent their entire life studying this stuff, mm-hmm. they have so much more wisdom and grace with that, you know, field. And it really showed me a lot of maybe things I was, wasn't seeing, right? Because yeah. there's certain blinders that we all have. Yeah. And it's like someone else can see something in me that I don't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was a huge thing for me with counseling was getting, like you said, someone else's perspective. Cause I, I might think, well, I'm the victim or that person did me wrong or blah, 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 blah. And then this guy is like listening to my story and he's like, well, have you ever thought about this? Or have you looked at it this way? Or mm-hmm. maybe that was actually you, Alex, maybe you might've been stepping in this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, I never thought of it that way. You yeah. know, I never thought I could be the the guy who's messing things up, you know, or stopping myself from healing. So when I love that your boldness to step out and be the guy that gets counseling, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you either already has or will inspire either your friends or people around you, or maybe 
people that hear this podcast mm-hmm. to go, oh, wow, like that's the voice I needed to hear. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think it always takes someone going first. Right. You know, being honest first. Right. Yeah. And so I think you, you maybe say that comparison of like, well, if I need it and that person doesn't, what are they going to think of me? Right. They might need it too. You just right. had to go first. Right. You know? Yeah. It was funny because like once I started being more open and honest about it, other people who were going through counseling were like, oh, me too, dude. And then <laughs> yes. we would just talk about how like bogus we are because, you know, like all the counseling <laughs> and stuff. You're like, oh man, yeah. We learned all this stuff too. And yeah, yeah I was going through going through that too. Because yeah. a lot of times the enemy wants you to feel like you're alone in it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, well, if I'm alone, then no one can help me. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. totally not true. Yeah. Isolation. Right. Yeah. The moment, practical tip. The moment you feel like you're alone, you're not. The enemy's lying to you. Yes. Yeah. You're so, not alone. So true. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Yeah. You're probably not alone yeah. in Reach that out. thought. Yeah. Reach out. Reach um, out to someone. And the other thing, too, that I had to learn when you say reaching out was I would always assume people were going to treat me like my sin deserved, right? Mm-hmm. Or like um, or my mindset deserved. Like, oh, no, they're going to hate me. They're going to you know, push me away or shun me or whatever. When really every time that I've come forward with anything to anybody, it's always been love and grace and forgiveness and mm. people have accepted where I'm at, you know, and they wanted to help me and move forward. Wow. And so um, that causes a lot of fear too. Is like, yeah. what will they do? You know, yeah. or it is the fear of man, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd rather trust God with it and be like, well, I know he's capable. I know he's able. So let's do that instead of worrying about, oh, someone might think I'm crazy. It's like, well, <laughs> if you know me personally, I'm already crazy. Right. <laughs> so nothing to lose at that point. Oh, man. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about disappointments. Yes. Because I know you've walked through a few. Yes. And um, anyone who's living has walked through disappointments, whether it be hurt mm-hmm. from people or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lots of different reasons. But if you will, share with us a little bit about walking through disappointments from people and the church. Yep. So um, essentially, I spent my whole life growing up at – uh, my home church and I loved it there and my parents loved it there. We had so many great relationships and friendships and, um, so many memories, you know, and, um, literally I was working there up until 2020, uh, late 2020. And so a lot of that, I mean, relationships are ultimately the church is a bunch of people, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you're dealing with relationships and people and, um, you love it sometimes. And sometimes it's like, wow, this is really hard. Yeah. Which, when I look back at when my mom would come home when I was young, it was like I finally understood. It was like, oh, the church is not perfect. Like, yeah. she's becoming perfect, you know. Christ is working in the church and in his bride, but we're still a work in progress, um, and there is no perfect church. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was realizing that for myself. And a lot of that was me, my own personal things, like growing and learning, and as a young leader— um, you know, I was working under, uh, another leader, um, who was like our youth pastor and now he's going to be the senior pastor. And so great guy, love him to death. And, um, we always, it was one of those sandpaper brother and sister type things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he had a different style of leadership than I did. Um, and with COVID happening, COVID never helps. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> many jobs, many businesses yeah. were either lost or changed or redirected. And so, um, a lot of what my position was, was, due to that right was um budget and then also they just wanted to go in a different direction with mm-hmm. the leadership yeah. and so for me it it was taken personally more so because of how long i had been there right how long mm-hmm. um my my mom had been there my dad had been there yeah. you know it's like history it's like all, it's like a family yeah right yeah, yeah. your whole life a whole life literally my whole life born into the church yeah. and so um to to look at someone and hear that you're no longer going to be on staff, it was almost like you're no longer part of the family. Wow. And yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, is this real? Like, I never thought this would happen. So um, it was very disappointing, to say the least, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, my family was hurt. We were all hurt. And so then it was, okay, knowing what I know now from all the counseling, right, from all the, the experience that I've had, um, how am I going to respond to this disappointment, right? How am I going to... Am I going to choose bitterness and anger and resentment and ec- the list goes on, right? Of things you could choose that are not good for you. Or are you going to say, okay, yes, this hurts. It's painful. Like it's okay to deal with that. Um, which I, I can't, I can't stand when people are like, no, you're not allowed to even like recognize that there's pain. Right. Yeah. You know, right. it's like that's sinful. It's like, no, like 
if you twisted your ankle, you can't be like, nope, it's not twisted. I promise. I promise it's not twisted. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. I can walk. No, you can't. <laughs> Sit on the couch, you know, and uh, I've twisted many ankles in my life, so I know. And uh, that's what it was like. It was yeah. like, I just got a sprained ankle at a left field mm -hmm. and now I don't know what to do with this. You know, yeah. how am I going to get this healed? What's going on? And so, um, a lot of that was lost relationships, mm -hmm. um, pain and all that stuff. And then, uh, a lot of questions of, well, was it me? Was, could I have been better? Could I have done something different? And, um, and really it was the people that represented God to me, the community that represented, you know, God's relationship with me is mm -hmm. now saying like, we don't need you. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Oh, that hurts. And that's a weird, the enemy can sneak right in there if you're not careful at all. Yeah. And so, um, my family and I are still processing that mm -hmm. and dealing with that. Um, the biggest thing that's helped me dealing with disappointment and dealing with, um, the pain has been a painful blessing to others. So like, mm -hmm. it pains me sometimes to be like, Lord bless them. You know, I pray that you would help them in their next season, you know, like, it, it hurts in, in the short term because it's like, why? They hurt me. Yeah. So shouldn't I be like, they're terrible. And it's like, no. Okay, God is still going to work through them. Yeah. God is still involved. And uh, yeah. um, I had to see it as, okay, that door has closed. And there's going to be another door. God has something else. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, seasons change. And I had to realize, wow. I just never thought this season would change. I never thought it would end. I never thought, because I didn't see myself changing it. Yeah. Um, I'm a pretty loyal guy. So I was like, I'm going to be there for my whole life. I've only known this. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're still dealing with that. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. You know, we've, I think I, my round three counseling will be due to that. Mm -hmm. And that is okay. Because yeah. I'm like, I would rather continue to talk about it, get well, get yeah. whole, yeah. and bless them and be like, okay, Lord, you've got them um, as much as you have me in my different season now. Right. Mm -hmm. And literally a week later, I was offered a job and now I'm doing basically the same thing, just with different kids and a, in a different environment. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not in a church. And so that's a whole other story of dealing with other people who are not, they're not raised up in the churchy culture like you have to say certain things do certain things right the christianese and so um it's been a huge blessing um it's made me grow a lot in my respect for church leaders and like the decisions they have to make because it's hard like mm -hmm. you deal with people at the end of the day yeah. you know it's not it's not a caterpillar type thing mm -hmm. right it's you're literally dealing with people all the time and so making those decisions are hard yeah um but that's kind of where i'm i'm at with it and it's been it's been a painful journey because now it's like okay I'm making new friends I'm reaching out to different communities different churches mm -hmm. um, and trying to plant myself and get plugged in so that I don't just start to wither and yeah. die off you know and become bitter and angry at the world. Mm -hmm. um, at Were the you tempted of... to go that route? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And there's still moments too where things pop up on my social media feed yeah. or mm -hmm. friends say certain things because I still a lot of my friends still go there. Yeah, and. I now am like towing the line between, you know, okay, they're, they have not experienced what I've experienced, right. nor is my experience what they should or will ever experience. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, you know? And so, um, being friendly with them and loving them and still, I still hang out with them. I mean, I literally had two guys over the other day at my house who still work there, yeah. you know? And, um, cause they're still my community. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just in like a phase of transitioning and learning and growing. And so I'm glad, yes, that I've caught that now um, at 25. And so I think my parents have taken it harder because mm -hmm. they've been there longer, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And they're a little bit older in the age. And so mm -hmm. I kind of have more of the world at my fingertips. Mm -hmm. um, and they've only known this one thing in this one place in right. the community. And so it is an interesting thing. And I understand the pain that people feel going through church hurt. Yeah. And I never understood it because I was like, that didn't happen to me. But now that it's happened to me, it's like, dude. Mm. totally understand and get it now why yeah. you can go down that road of yeah. bitterness of anger and so yeah. gives you a yeah. lot of compassion doesn't it yeah yeah for sure and yeah. so i've just done try to do my best to you know when those thoughts come of like you can be bitter or you know ah oh, don't forgive them it's like no i had to like verbally be like lord i forgive blank wow. i choose to forgive blank mm -hmm. even when i don't like saying it you know mm -hmm. it's like I'm going to continue to, it's not faking it till I make it, but it's trusting God that he's going to heal yes. my heart in the process of me choosing 
forgiveness, right? Because yes. I don't want to step into worship and not have forgiven my brother, yes. mm-hmm. right? Which is so what good. Jesus teaches. So yeah, it's not fertilizing those roots of bitterness because mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they, they might be right there, but you, mm-hmm. you either get to fertilize it and let mm-hmm. it take root or you get to dig it up and mm-hmm. you might have to dig up that root a few times, right? you know, and but I love it. You said like you're praying blessings over these people like that. That's hard. Mm-hmm. I've done that as well. And mm-hmm. it is difficult right. to pray for someone pray god bless them put favor on them right. cause their church to grow right. ex- exponentially like right. you know let them see souls say and you're right. like bro i really just want to see them crash and burn right it sounds it's so brutal. like counterproductive mm-hmm. and when i'm saying it it's like why am i saying this they hurt me yeah. and it's like okay let's maybe come up here you know yeah. like to god's perspective so good and be like well what if he's doing something else yes and yes so good alex i want to be a part of that it sounds to me as i listen in as someone that's very new to your world that god is a really huge fan of you mm. like he's really all in with you yeah and that he's just very very set on his plan of letting you go through the refiner's fire good and word. You know, the thing that comes out of the refiner's finer is what? It's it's pure gold right. with the impurities melted away. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. I think your round three is is your continued refining, yep. you mm-hmm. know, and it you're right, it is painful and it's not fun. But, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here watching you and I'm actually, I'm like having, you remind me of my baby brother mm-hmm. and our baby brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, as someone who, you know, could literally be your older sister, just looking at you thinking man, Alex, God loves you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, he is so for you Yeah, and his plans for you. I am so excited to see them unfold because it's going to be more than you could even dream or imagine. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think Thank he's going to wow you. I really mm-hmm. do. I think that you are going to yeah. just, he is going to blow your super sweet kicks off and Come you on. are going to be amazed at the goodness of God in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the fact that you've learned these lessons of, forgiveness mm-hmm. of uh healing yourself of compassion i think they are gonna they're gonna be very important and very powerful in your life to help yeah. heal others so yeah thank you well done dude thank you super I told proud you, of you you would love him right <laughs> i know i just feel like i'm sitting here chatting to my bro yeah i know i agree and all the single ladies oh i was gonna say should we go there we've got a couple minutes left would you like us to include your dating um, resume profile <laughs> on this on this podcast. Is there a well, resume? I don't even know. Are you a food guy? Are you not? A oh, food I love guy? food for sure. Okay. I mean, who doesn't love food? I mean, ask me any question. I love food. Amen. Oreos, gourmet food. What do you do? <laughs> All of it. What do you do for fun? Okay, great question. Um, so normally I like to play basketball, but like every court on the planet is shut down right now. Right. Um, and it's snowing, so I can't go outside. Um. But love basketball. I love sports in general. I'm very uh, competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's a whole situation. Okay. But definitely love food and love video games, right? I love watching anime. I'm pretty nerdy in that regard. Um, but I love drawing and design and um, making, you know, my mom is kind of like a, uh, this is where I'm more like my mom than my right. dad per se, right? And so my mom is kind of a uh, interior designer. And so I get that blood from her, and yeah. I love making things feel like home and all that. Um, Good aesthetics, yeah. yeah. Love aesthetics, right? Mm-hmm. Love shoes, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. The podcasters listening can't see. They can't see it. Maybe we should take a picture of them. We could take a right, picture of them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, love shoes. And um, for fun, you know, I, I like to run as well. Um, kind of hard when you're slipping all over the place in the winter. But, That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I just love, I love spontaneity. I mean, when I was at college, that was basically... Half my budget was just like, I'm going down to the city. I'm just going <laughs> to find something to do. You Did know? you go to Bondi Beach? Oh, I love Bondi. Yeah. Went to Bondi Beach. Went to all types Did you of surf? beaches. Did I surf? Look, if there's one thing I don't like, it is Sharks? trusting myself to the ocean. Okay? <laughs> no, right. I hear you, man. Especially in Australia. Okay. Australia has like more per capita deaths with sharks than like anywhere in the world. Oh, yeah. And like and the worst sharks. Yeah. Big are. sharks. Yeah. Like when I was there, there was a guy that got eaten when I was there. And it was like, while I was at the beach... Yeah. On the other side of the beach, this guy was dying. And so... Yeah. So um, round four of round four counseling, of counseling is the shark attack. Bondi beach attack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go in the pool on Bondi beach where the big waves crash into it? 
Oh, no, I did not. Oh. I, didn't. I was at Moo Burgers on Bondi Beach. I oh, was eating. Yeah, that's yeah. my foodie part of me. Yes. I was eating and drinking a milkshake looking out at the pool. Yes, that's the same. So, yeah, we um, did that too. Yeah. But I was definitely in some situations where I saw stingrays and um, whales breaching. We rented like an Airbnb with my friends, and I woke up to the ocean waves, the, the seagulls, and out on the in the ocean were these two whales breaching and like it was the most beautiful thing ever yeah um that's amazing yeah i wish that could happen here but Mm -hmm. you know we have your discerning mind says i am not meant to be in that water with those massive 100 percent. i mean what can i do what can i do (laughs) i i'm with you there man if steve Irwin died what am i i don't stand a chance (laughs) i don't stand a chance oh my goodness okay one last question before we let you go okay what would you Looking back now, mm-hmm. you're 25. What would you tell your 17-year-old self? I'll tell my 17-year-old self what God told me at 18. Calm down. Hmm. Because I remember laying in my bed, 18 years old, um, in Australia, freaking out. Because I was like, okay, God, I got to do this. I got to do this. You've called me to be this. You've called me to do this. And I have so many dreams, so many visions. And uh, he was like, you're 18 years old. Calm down. Calm down. And so I would... I was... I'm just already hyper. And so when I was younger, I was like just a case, right? And so <laughs> I I would encourage everyone who's young to slow down, especially nowadays our generation is so fast paced. We can't like wait for anything. And uh, we translate that over to our relationship with God. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, God's called me to be X, Y, and Z, but I had to see that like tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Because the Instagram posts are fast. TikTok is mm-hmm. fast. Everything is fast paced and we have instant gratification. And um, I've been still struggle with that in my own relationship. It's like, God, why am I not seeing blah, blah, blah. Yeah. When I look at like David's life, when he was anointed king, when he was still doing like nothing and behind the scenes and yeah. he was just tending his sheep. And then like 13 years later, he becomes king. And so, right. and there's so much that happened that he thought, wow, now I'm in this position mm-hmm. and that's his season. And then it's the next position. That's his season. And so for me, like I'm 25 years old and I felt called at 17. And so it's only been... Was that eight years? Yeah. Like, that's so short. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jacob worked seven years just for a wife that he didn't get and he had to work seven more. <laughs> right. And right. so imagine that. Yeah. So yeah, it takes time. It takes, it trusts the process. Yeah. Right? Um, well, can you imagine had David, because David became king and then had like his biggest mess ups. Mm-hmm. Right. Of his life. Right. Can you imagine how much worse those would have been had he not gone through those 13 years of of journey, right, right. of learning and growing. Right, learning who God is yeah. when he was young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. I mean, and that's that gives me hope because it's like, okay, David was like, you know, I love the Psalms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like my role model yeah. in, in mm-hmm. a yeah. sense, you know, and it's like he got it wrong yeah. and God still loves him and forget. And he and like, we, what kings do we talk about? David, King right. David. Yeah. He's like so popular, <laughs> right. you know, and... He's a legend, and yet he did stupid stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I praise God that he looks past my stupid. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I do want to be like David. Um, some say my hair is almost as curly as David's. But, um, yeah, great. I, I just love trusting the process because at this point I have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't speed along anything mm-hmm. on my own volition, mm-hmm. and I have to trust God. Mm-hmm. And so speeding it up only hurts you in the end because it's yeah. like you really can't cut corners. Yeah. You're not going to get anywhere anyway. Yeah. So, well, I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited to see what the future holds. And I know you're going to just thrive in your new position. Those kids are, you're, you're ready. You're ready for Mm -hmm. it. And, and, and cool to see, we didn't talk much about this, but cool to see too, part of your upbringing and where you went to school and Mm -hmm. like helping prepare you for the the kids that you're now loving and leading is is really cool. Yeah. God is really creative with that. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't have done it. Yeah. (laughs) You take after him in that regard. Right. Real creative. That's good. That's good. Okay, all the single ladies, you know what to do. You can message Heather (laughs) and myself on Instagram at the H&H Hour. I will sort through them. I will be very picky. We would be happy to um, pre-interview. Pre-interview you and then set up coffee dates with Alex. Uh, Because now coffee shops are open. Come on. Surprise. Who would have thought? It's good. It's so good. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been fun. It's been a good chat. Yes. I know God's going to use it in someone's life. Amen. Yeah.
Thank you for listening. We're so glad that you do. I know, yeah. Heidi, I know that someone, more than one person, but I just really feel like there's someone listening. We said this before, like this one's for you. Yeah. You were supposed to hear this for yeah. some reason. So if yeah. that's you and if like, you know, Alex was talking about like his heart racing and feeling, you know, the Holy Spirit, that conviction, like if that's what you're feeling right now, that means this is for you. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is asking you to take some sort of action. You know, we, we so often... The Holy Spirit convicts us, but then it's our job to do the action. Yep. You know, we have to take the step just like Alex did to, to repent and mm-hmm. to, to cry out to God and then to tell his parents and, you know, to take action in his, in his faith walk. And so if that's you right now, it's okay to ugly cry, let it all out and then take that action, you know, reach out to us if you need help figuring out what that looks like, finding counseling, yeah. you know, getting yourself back into church, maybe finding, you know, say no to isolation. Mm-hmm. So many people right now are caught up in that live isolation and they think no one understands, no one can help me. And that's such a lie. Yeah. It's just like Alex said, you know, there are all these people in the world, there's someone mm-hmm. and, and we can help you if you need um, some way to be connected. Absolutely. So, so good. All right, friends, we'll chat to you next time.